Hey, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Micah Foster. You are listening to or watching from the Garafis with Micah Foster. And in this podcast, I speak to pastors and ministry leaders and people who are trying to spread the good news of Jesus Christ through digital means. Many of them have made a transition during the pandemic of 2020 and now 2021 to utilizing more digital. So the tagline for this podcast is faith in the digital space. And so today I have a special conversation with Dennis, who was a youth pastor. He and his family moved during the pandemic to Florida, and now he and his wife own and operate a business that is helping others navigate this digital space. So I hope you gain some value from this. We had a great conversation around, around a lot of things, parenting, children's ministry, uh, youth ministry, pastoring, but also a new social media called Clubhouse. Enjoy. Well, thanks, Dennis, for hanging out with me for a little bit and telling me about what God's been doing in your life and how he's been adjusting and changing the ministry that you're involved in. And I know you're you're involved in digital ministry, and so I've been talking to a lot of pastors and ministry leaders and even volunteers who are using digital to reach new people and do things for the kingdom. So I'd love to hear some context for your life, and then we can get into it. Hey, thanks so much, Micah, for having me today. It's uh, really a privilege to be on with you and just to get to know you better and talk and hang out. Um, so we are uh, currently living in Florida. I used to be a missionary in um, Mexico City. So we were there for about 12 years, and then we moved back to the United States, uh, originally from Florida, moved back to, to Kentucky to work in the home office of the mission where we used to live, used to work, and then uh, worked at a local church uh, up there in Kentucky, and then just recently moved back to Florida to be closer to our family again, um, to hang out with uh, moms and dads who are getting older, uh, grandparents who are getting older, who are you know, uh, struggling with health issues and stuff like that. So thought it would be a good idea for us to yeah. come back, be, be close to family, but that's, that's where we're at right now. And, and really, um, ministry wise right now for me, it's all digital. Um, so when I was in Mexico, I started a Spanish blog back in the day, whenever people actually wrote blogs. Yes. Uh, so what I, what happens, I used to, I went to Mexico to train youth pastors. And so a okay. big part of my job there was working at the seminary, but then I thought, Hey, why don't I start writing some of these things and, and being uh, active in publishing some of my thoughts on youth ministry and stuff. And so I wrote this blog and then I started a YouTube channel and that YouTube channel has really gotten, gained a lot of traction over the years. This is a long time ago now, but so I've been involved in digital ministry, um, at least in the in the missions context, in the Spanish context. And so basically, I'm trying to pick a lot of that back up and uh, just see how we can be um, a blessing to the church through digital and online kind of ministry on top of the day job, which is social media, digital marketing, website development, all that stuff that uh, my wife and I do together right here from home. So you guys are, are like us in, in a couple of ways. I mean, you guys have um, our, our families anyway. You know, my wife and I also own a, a virtual assistant agency. And so you've got a digital marketing agency and we both run them from out of our homes. And 
I'm in my garage office, which is why this is from the garage. And uh, and I see, you know, you're you're in one of the rooms at home. I'm in a bedroom right? office. It's the bar office. There you go. There you go. Call it that. <laughs> so, uh, did you have this um, agency before you guys moved to Florida? So what happened was, whenever we lived in Mexico, I was doing a master's, and so I would come home from work. And I would jump on all of my schoolwork. This was before we had kids, or it was at least when they were small enough to go to bed at like seven o'clock. Yeah. So you knew you still had like four hours before you were really tired. So that was back when I was young too. So right. Uh, I'm tired. I'm tired at nine thirty. Okay, that's when I get tired now. I get it now. Yeah. Um, So I would work on my masters or that blog that I was talking about, and my wife was like, "What am I gonna do?" And so she started a blog of her own, which was all about saving money and about recipes and all of that kind of stuff. And it really started like going crazy, like getting super popular. And so she got really into figuring out how to network, you know, marketing and networking with other people who are doing the same thing and, and all of that. And she learned a lot. And so basically she took all of those skills that she had learned from her own blog. And she, when we moved back to the States, she just went full in on that. Wow. Um, and so she kind of had it already. And then I bring a few things to the table, like the web design and stuff like that, that she doesn't necessarily know how to do. Cause I set up the blogs. And so, you know, just the two of us together, we kind of like said, you know, well, why don't we just, why don't we just see how we can do this as a, as a business? And, and it, it's it, God has been truly blessing us with it um, as far as bringing the right clients and giving us work to do. And so we're super thankful for that. So so just tell me, what kinds of clients are you working with for that now? Well, one of the well, we have a couple of them. Um, one client, you know, some of the clients we work with are like um, a home warranty company that we met the guy in Louisville and and we became friends. And so he gives us a lot of work. Um, and he's kind of an entrepreneur as well. So he kind of like always has all these ideas and needs a new website for it, (laughs) which is a great thing for me. Right. And so he's got that. And then he, you know, Janelle has kind of become kind of like a virtual assistant, but like almost like a linchpin. (laughs) Like I keep telling her, like he wouldn't know what to do without you. So it's awesome, um, for us to do that. And, uh, then we, I've, I just got finished editing some videos for a ministry called the Malfers group, which is a a church kind of like church coaching kind of ministry. They're doing a a course both in English and in Spanish. And so I did that. Um, I do some translating stuff. So those are kind of, you know, the companies that we work just a bunch of, it's really people that know us. And then they're like, Oh really you do that. And so, you know, we've really benefited and I've heard this the last, couple of days is we've really benefit benefited from um just being nice people i think like that sounds so dumb but like like just kind of people are like oh these guys are really fun to work with because they're not big jerks you know like i think that's that's kind of the way that um our business has kind of grown by word of mouth just by like just being nice to people and and helping and and so that's uh we got all kinds of different clients. It's kind of weird. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, so the that's kind of like you know 
what you offer is something that every business needs at this time, right? Let's so you can have clients in every different kind of sector and you know, it's just that's how it is. Yeah, that, like cleaning companies, restaurants, like all of those, everybody's trying to figure this thing out. Um, you know, churches, I, I really wish more churches were trying to figure it out, probably. Um, so what do you mean by what do you mean by that? Tell me what you mean by that. Did, clarify well, I mean your statement. That, I just mean that there are a lot of times. So we just moved to Florida. Yeah. And we're trying to find a church. Yes. And you Google churches in whatever your town is and there's not a whole lot of information other than hey watch our live stream or okay. this or that and like w the websites that i see most of the time are really kind of 1990s ish okay if that, i guess i'm being generous probably um and maybe that's because i'm in florida and there's a lot of you know older people and like the internet and all that stuff is kind of maybe just not something that's big on their priorities, but, um, you know, I, th I think it would, a lot of churches would do well. I just watched a video this morning about why churches aren't on YouTube. And, and I, I don't remember what the guy's name was, who he was that was, um, doing, it was in one of the Facebook groups that I'm in, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think we could probably learn a lot about the content that we produce to be, effective in ministry on the internet um business are trying to figure it out churches need to be trying to figure it out that's that's what i meant by that so uh, what would be an example just just uh spitballing here what would be an example of a church trying to figure out what would indicate to you that they're on pursuit of trying to help people with this new era I of content yeah, I would say I think I think my number one issue and I sound like I'm like just absolutely demolishing and critiquing every church out there. But one of the things that I like I, I feel like we have a lot of opportunity and we're not taking advantage of the opportunity because we're trying to just replicate what we do on Sunday morning online. And I mean, if you watch Brady Shear or if you hear of any of those guys that really talk about this all the time, they're, they're going to tell you the same thing. Like, we don't just need to have our sermon on our Facebook page and all of a sudden we're doing digital ministry. We do need to get involved in those comments. We, we, we could be the people who are the experts on the community, the people who are around us, the what's going on. I know right now, like not a lot is happening necessarily. So we could be answering the questions that people have about specific things. Um, just those kinds of things. And I know most people think, well, that's not real ministry, but the reality is like, where do I go whenever I have a question? Where do my kids go whenever they have a question about yes. anything? Yes. They don't come, they don't come to me. In fact, if they come to me, they usually question me. And they say, well, that's not what Google says, or that's not what so-and-so on YouTube says. Yeah. Um, so I used to always think like, man, you know, like, like the guys, like, um, I'll, I'll use, uh, PewDiePie, <laughs> PewDiePie, like ginormous YouTuber. I don't even know how many, uh, subscribers he has, but like, if he was an actual, like, if he was representing, um, jesus like like we like we do 
Mm -hmm. you know, maybe without preaching so much, but if he was an actual like follower of Jesus and people knew that, like what kind of impact would he have? It's like, I don't know if you watched the dude perfect documentary, um, but I haven't seen the documentary. No. Yeah. So it's on YouTube and they, so basically it's a documentary about their, um, their tour that they went on. Okay. And, but it really speaks about who they are and it speaks about their testimonies and all this kind of stuff. And they're like super huge influencers right Right. now. I'm not saying that our church has to like be doing trick shots, but we do need to at least be listening to what the, what the society, what the community is asking and what they're looking for and figuring out ways to be involved in that, which actually it's been a blessing to us to not be at a local church as far as like a pastor job. Mm-hmm. To be able to have a, a secular business, which those terms are weird, yes. but to have the secular business, which which puts us into the minds of other people that isn't a church. Exactly. And so I have more opportunities to be a missionary here in Florida than I did as a pastor of a local church, a youth pastor in Kentucky. That blows my mind, really. Like we're so busy with church things that we don't have time to be ministering to those around us. And I say the same thing about my time in in Mexico. I mean, it was difficult to figure out in Mexico what to write about, to Mm -hmm. write home. Uh Because my job was at a seminary. I lived on that seminary. I was a missionary and I had to, I didn't have to spin, but I had to, I, I had to constantly remind myself that I was in leadership development. And so the fruit of my ministry was going to happen through somebody else rather than simply just through me reaching out to unbelievers. And so like, I think what happens is we, we at times I, I would feel bad about myself because I had very little contact with people who weren't Christians. And I would sit there and I'd go, what kind of missionary am I? I don't even know somebody that's not Christian. And it was like, whoa, that was like a huge thing for me. And so like for me, it's a very, it's a blessing for me to be able to say, hey, I've got these clients who I know are probably far from Jesus and right. who I can represent Jesus in their lives by doing what I'm doing well, by speaking truth, by helping them with things. You know, when somebody comes to you and says, yeah, man, I don't know if our business is going to make it. And my job is to help them get more customers. I at least can speak to them some hope about, you know, hey, even if even if everything falls tomorrow, there is still hope. And so then I can talk about that stuff. I mean, I'm not trying to preach to every client, but I have had opportunities to be able for them to see, hey, look, by the way, I can give you I can give you more than just getting more clients. I can help you with these things that you're dealing with. Anyway, that's. That was long. I'm talking too much, but it was long. No, that's that's why I'm talking to you, so that you'll talk <laughs> and I'll be quiet. That's the whole uh, point of this, because I want to learn what people are going through, what they're trying, what's working, all that sort of stuff. And there are things that you're probably trying and what you're doing as a business that could really help uh, different ministries and churches. And as you have stated, a secular business is is not really a real thing if it's run by jesus followers because you have you still have divine mission in whatever it is service you're providing you still have divine mission in how you treat your clients and how you 
represent Jesus to them, all those sorts of things. And so uh, just because you're not holding a worship service doesn't mean it's not ministry. In fact, right. you, and that, and, and I think that that being a, being a pastor, that has been something that has, I've had to learn. And I, I mean, I would always say it as a pastor, like I would be like, Hey everybody, your ministry is just as important as mine. You go to work every day and you have people that you can minister to and, and all that. And I, and I said that a lot and I preached that a lot and it really is true. Like it really is true. Like I, I feel like if, if you could, if we could all um, just kind of remember that as we go throughout our day. And, and, and I know that it's probably something that pastors like are trying to pound into the heads of, of their people, you know, Hey, look, you are a missionary in your business or in your, and it's, it's hard now in your neighborhood. Um, yeah. If we could just really, really, really get that mindset going, then I think that it would, it would be helpful. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm a believer in what's called the priesthood of every believer. Right. Right. So yep. it, I, I'm not like special any more than you're special, you know, <laughs> and we're all, we're all uniquely gifted by God to do things and, and, and whatever your gifting is and whatever you're doing is for God. We work as if we're working for God, not men, right? We we do our best. And I think if we are Christians, whether we're business owners, pastors, um, employees, entrepreneurs, whatever, we ought to have that same mindset that we are working for God and not for man. And then we'll have this feeling of, yeah, what I'm doing is important, even if, even if we don't know <laughs> what it's, many people don't know exactly what they do. They just do tasks, right? They just say, what's the end product here? I don't know. I don't care. I just have to do these things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and then I, then my mind goes as a youth pastor, my mind goes back to the even the parenting issue and the opportunities that we have as parents to teach our kids that being a missionary is not the ultimate goal of like like a, a vocational minister or a vocational mis- missionary is not the end goal of spiritual maturity or set or, or that's not what like i know that even as a youth pastor whenever a kid graduates high school and he's like yeah i'm gonna go on a on a mission trip for six years and i'm gonna be doing that like everybody like oh we're just so proud of this guy but the kid that's going to film school we we think oh well we lost him <laughs> like, nobody says that but but that's kind of that's kind of it. like, oh. oh, well, he's not as spiritual as Johnny because Johnny's going on a mission trip. And if we're truly like trying to help these kids be brought up in the way that they should go, the way that they should go is the way that God wants them to go to live out the mission of the church, no matter what they're doing. Yeah, we need more. We need more Christian filmmakers. We need more missionaries, obviously. We need more pastors, but we also need more nurses and doctors and janitors and lawyers and anything. As long as we are following what God wants us to do in the word every day, look for opportunities to share the gospel, share the kingdom on a daily basis. Those are the things that are great. So it's not so much like there aren't these levels of, you know, God doesn't look down and go, oh, well, this guy was a missionary, so he's way up here. And this guy was just a, a Christian public school teacher, and, and he's way down here. Like, 
I don't think he's measuring like that, but we do. And right. I do. And, and so like, even when my kids, you know, everybody, every parent's like goal for their kids, you know, Hey, well, I really hope you go to Bible school and I hope you go to seminary and become some famous, pre you could be the next Billy Graham. If that's what you're called to do, do it. But if it's not what you're called to do, don't do it just because your parents are telling you that you could be the next Billy Graham. That's all I got to <laughs> say about that. I read a book in college um, because I had this, uh, this idea that I wanted to be a, um, a famous Christian musician, right? So I read this book in college where, uh, and it was recommended to me by, I can't even remember who it was, but it was someone who who was a touring Christian artist and they came to the university and performed and I got to talk after the performance with them and I was like, how do I, how do, I do this? How do I break into this? All that stuff. It wasn't as easy back then. We didn't have TikTok. So <laughs> it was, you know, and, and she said to me, get the book Roaring Lambs and read that. She was like, we don't need more people in the Christian sector of this side of the business. We actually need people in the secular part being an influencer on the rest of it. And so that was sort of a paradigm shift for me. And I was like, oh. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, there's a balance because I do, I do believe that there are way too many people who are called to go to the foreign mission field who are resisting it and saying, oh, well, I can be a missionary anywhere. Because mm. Jonah certainly was supposed to be a missionary to Nineveh yep. and couldn't just say, well, I'm just going to be a TikTok star. <laughs> well he would have had I, you really know what crazy videos and let's think of it like this though also things like tiktok new social medias that come out sometimes as christians we see that and we see what the first thing that gets popular on there which let's be honest the first things that were popular on tiktok were not really good things it's so the first things we see to become popularized on that social media uh we think oh that's that's nineveh i can't go over there i don't i don't belong to those people but maybe, maybe we're supposed to go to those places and become a different kind of voice in those places. So I just think sometimes we think of it like that too. I'm, I always like to see what the new things are, just to check them out, see what they're like. I don't really do a whole lot of TikTok these days, but I have done some and had nominal you know, success there. Other people have had crazy success, even though people we know. There's a new platform that I think you helped me get onto called Clubhouse. I haven't talked about it on this podcast yet, but it seems appropriate to talk about an audio formatted social media. So tell me, what have you seen so far? First of all, what is Clubhouse, if you could sum it up? And what have you seen so far that is interesting, a different take, or maybe some possibilities there? Clubhouse is audio only, it's iPhone only. And really what it feels like is it feels like a live streamed podcast. So you basically, you get into a room and usually the rooms are grouped by topic. You know, you'll get an alert and they, that they've, the notifications, I just turned off notifications because it's like crazy, all the notifications that they'll send you, which is because it's live. You have to get the notification that it's happening right. or else you don't ever hear it again. It, nobody is like, it's not, there is no playback. There's no, you can't search. It's just... If you're going to go to this, this live streamed audio conversation, you go. But the difference is you could have audio participation or audience participation. And so you can raise your hand and you can be invited up on the stage to talk. So there's a little bit of interaction. 
most of the ones that I go to though are just like these guys that are big shots in a specific niche and they're talking for however long and they're talking about whatever um, the topic is. It's interesting. It's definitely interesting. I think it's, it's pretty cool because it's passive and you don't have to be doing anything else. You don't have to watch it. And a lot of people are on it, especially marketing people right now. That's what yeah. I noticed. Because they're the ones who are like, how can I use this? Oh yeah, we're yeah. Like Gary V says, marketers ruin everything. So <laughs> we're we're eventually gonna figure out how to ruin that. But it's kind of cool because a lot of the big name guys that you would watch are on there, and they're, since since it's super new, nobody has a huge following yet. Right. So it does kind of feel like you could potentially have a conversation with some of these people that you would never really necessarily get to talk to on a different platform. Right. But there, there are a lot of, a lot of things, um, that are happening. I wish I had a notes feature. I wish I could like yes. tap type on in. something and then it would just let me type the notes that I'm listening as I'm listening. I but, believe it will continue. The audio will continue yeah. if you leave that app. Yeah, I think so. Probably so you will. could, you could go into your own notes app and make notes, but have you used it at all? I think I got my invite code from you, if I remember right, because you have to be invited at this stage yeah, of the journey. Yeah, like, you get like two invites whenever you first sign up or something yes. like that. Yes, so I still have mine, but <laughs> but you can, so it's invite only. What I would like to see is how could we plug into that somehow, a conversation like this where we're talking and we can see each other and then we can add people in audio only and record it and, you know, release it later someone's gonna do it i know someone's already figured it yeah. out someone's already figured there are, it out there are some groups that i'm in um like uh diana gladney do you know her yeah she's the ecam expert yeah she um <laughs> uh, she's in another group called i don't remember what the group's called let's get live or something like that and and they do a lot of live streaming and they've figured out how to have clubhouse going and ecam at the same time with good audio and all that stuff and so they there's but that's one of the groups that has a ton of clubhouse people i don't know what they're called rooms rooms i guess yeah um, yeah yeah so, so i've only been talking about. i've only really gone in a couple of times and the first time i went in after the invite and everything I only have like 15 minutes. I'm just like, I'm just going to go into a room. And you choose topics that you're interested in that they'll populate to your feed, right? So I chose podcasting as one of my topics. So I, this room was live. I don't remember the title, but there were two people who were kind of positioned as the experts on the topic. One was an audio engineer who's recorded a bunch of artists. And another one was like his, his producer or whatever who produces his, his podcast so they're talking and they're inviting people up on stage they well they keep in they kept inviting me onto the stage like in their audio they're like hey i see that uh micah's here why don't you come on up on stage and like i didn't know how to use the app yet so i'm trying to figure out i'm fumbling around with my with my airpods trying to get them connected they weren't connecting right at first and <laughs> finally i got it and then i raised my hand you know you press a button to raise your hand i got invited on stage and i'm like i'm sorry i'm a noob I don't know what I'm doing. I was trying to get on stage. It wasn't working for, you know, and they're like, oh, no problem. But then we just had an informal conversation about who I am, what I do. Uh, these people, as far as I know, are not Christians, but they were super interested that a pastor was jumping on there 
and asking questions, how can I use this for what I do? Uh, you know, I mentioned in passing that, you know, I see some business opportunity for Dream Support, our agency. And so then they're asking me about that. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, this could be a great avenue for businesses like that um, who are offering a service to very busy people, you know, that that need some help in some areas. So, uh, so I saw, I immediately saw some opportunity for that and even inviting the various virtual assistants that we, uh, that we contract um, to be involved in a room together centered around the topic of how do you become a virtual assistant, things like that, um, that would help the business side of things. So I saw some opportunities yeah. there. And then I've also heard of some churches who are doing um, some like uh, pre-service prayer group groups or rooms in there, like before or after service. Hey, if you're on Clubhouse, we're going to be going live in there. We'd love to pray with you, pray for you. It's just another avenue to try to reach people. So anyway, I just thought I would ask a question since you were the, you were the first one yeah. that I really saw on there. I've never, I've never started a room and I've never participated like on stage, mostly because it's really hard for me to find the time to actually be a, a creator of the content Yeah. instead of just a, for me, Clubhouse feels like a really good and easy way for me to consume content because I can be driving somewhere and I can listen to a conversation yeah. or I can be out on a walk or at soccer practice or whatever where I'm not like really having to pay attention, but I can still listen. Yeah. Um, and so I haven't really explored it as a content creation. Plus, I don't have a lot of people that I know that are on it that know me. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, it would be different if I had a hundred friends on there that are like guys that would be interested in something that I would have to say at this point, it's just been a good way for me to get more education on the topics that I'm, that I'm interested in. Absolutely. I, I can imagine there's going to be some really interesting things happen from that. It's still really early for the app. So there's going to be a lot of changes that happen and a lot of people still haven't jumped on. Yeah. yeah. The more you use the invites, the more invites you get. So I did not know that. I've been, yeah, so. I've, I've been hoarding my invites. You don't have to hoard it's, your invite. You so this is this is like a kingdom principle. Like, the more that you <laughs> invest in others, the more you will receive. Oh, that's great. That's right. Yeah, I know that you felt special because I gave you my invite, and now, I did. I was like, Dennis, like, man, you like, only oh, got two invites. You only got. I think two. they start oh, you with great. two, maybe. Yep. You, how many? Yeah. I I have I got four more. Great. After I gave my two away, I got four more, and then. Every it's time like I secret. log in, I have a specific amount. So, so, so cool. what you're saying is, if anybody listening or watching wants to be invited to Clubhouse to check it out, just let me know. I'd be happy to give away my two prized uh, invites, right. so that you know I can what invite I did? others. I actually went on a on a church com Facebook group. I'm in there with you. I see you in the there all the time. The conversation was about Clubhouse, and everybody's trying to get in, and so I was like. Hey, I got I got a couple of invites. It's really weird. It's kind of awkward because you have to know the people's phone numbers and all that stuff. So if you if it's a stranger on Facebook and you're like, hey, I've got an invite, and then they say, oh, cool, I, I want in, <laughs> then you're like, okay, well, you DM me your phone number, and then it'll send you an invite through the text message. And so uh, you have to have them in your contacts of your phone. Gotcha. But I think once they're in, you can del you can delete them out of there. <laughs> Once you get them in, well, I mean, you like, can 
I mean, it's it's awkward whenever you're like, yeah, like your wife's looking in there. She's like, who's this lady? And I'm like, oh, well, somebody I met on Facebook. Well, that's even worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Transparent. Transparent. That's like those those people who uh, who are super into gaming, right? And they've got a certain gaming crew that they game with. And then they prank their wife or their husband, in some cases, by using a woman's name. Or a man's name as as they're gaming with somebody, oh. and then they're like, "Wait a second, you never talked about this. Who is this person?" You know, and they they're like, "Let me talk to her," and they get on the on Jake the headset. From State Farm. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those situations. He sounds hideous. Not sponsored, by the way. Not not spo- not a sponsor. <laughs> well, man, oh, uh, man, there's one other thing I wanted to ask you about because you have done more recently. I feel like you have done some things centered around on YouTube, around parenting ministry kids and how to raise your kids and stuff like that tell me about about that if i if i'm even getting that right yeah that's kind of um one of the the things that's probably um closest to my heart because i'm a i'm a youth pastor student pastor by you know for the law for the last lots of years (laughs) don't even know and uh and it's what I, you know, it's what my education's in and all that stuff. So as I was trying to think, like, how can I, how can I niche down on what I'm trying to talk about? What can I, mm. what can I be, you know, what can I, what can I actually contribute with? Uh, a lot of what I think about, a lot of what I do has to do with families and, and students and that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, a lot of what I read. So that's kind of what my, my YouTube channel has evolved a little bit over the last year from being vlogs and i know micah you and i are both kind of like in that same like what am i supposed to actually put on youtube on your other channel yeah <laughs> uh, we need to talk about that too um, <laughs> but, at, but as i've evolved uh, that's kind of where, where i've landed was like hey why don't i start making some videos that will help people as they seek to raise their kids lead their kids through um, especially adolescence and that, those kinds of things. And so that's, that's kind of what I've been, been doing. My podcast kind of revolves around that. I just think it's a, it's a, you know, it's a topic that I love to talk about and it's something that I think is, is needed and is, is, uh, useful for, for the kingdom. So that's what I'm doing with that. Awesome. Uh, yeah. You want to talk about the YouTube rabbit hole? That's what you wanted. You wanted to bring that up. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, what, what's up with you? Tell me, (laughs) tell me, how did you come So, because I'm on that same kind of question of, do I publish the entire video podcast on my regular YouTube channel? Right. Do I create a separate, like, really, I don't have a big enough audience for anyone to care what I'm doing other than me. So how did you come to the decision to separate out your podcast from your main channel? So I've I've been thinking about it for a long time. And that's the problem. When you think about something and you don't do it, you just keep thinking about it. So why not just do it? So... It was, it was this process of when I looked at long form content on YouTube, it really helps you in the algorithm if people watch the long form content. If they don't watch the long form content, it does not help you. It hurts you. So um, one of the thoughts was a lot of the people who I'm kind of attracting to my other YouTube channel aren't, is not the same audience that I'm trying to hit with this podcast stuff. And so I 
was like, I need to separate that out. But I knew it was going to take a lot because I already had like 10 episodes up. And so I'm like, I got to go find all those videos. I didn't have it organized very well. A couple of them I had accidentally deleted off my drive. So I had to go like download them from YouTube. So I just knew that it was going to take me like half a day to like get it all organized. And then it was going to take me like half a day to probably upload all these things and and then I was like, do I schedule them out? Well, no, because they've already been out. And some of them had an okay amount of views on them. So I was struggling with, do I really want to take this down? Or maybe I'll just leave them up. So what I ended up doing was making them not public links. You know, it still had the views on it or whatever, but it's just not going to grow on the old channel. So I re-uploaded all the old episodes to this new channel. So then I have this problem where like I have 10 episodes that have like zero views. I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so... Anyway, but I mean, the podcast in where podcasts is actually where podcasts actually live. I post them on Anchor, and so they're the same. But I just wanted to separate them out so that I could differentiate what I was doing. So on my other channel, I'll do vlogs and I'll do reviews and I'll do family stuff. I mean, it's kind of a, a hodgepodge of things that in, are just part of my interests, I guess. So yeah. That's the, I mean, that's the, to me, that's one of the most difficult things about the whole journey of, of digital, well, not even digital, it's just YouTube. It's, it's like that whole YouTube journey where all the experts say, well, you got to think of your audience first, blah, 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 which that's kind of why I was trying to go very niche with parenting stuff and have not really posted any vlogs since I did that vlog to me is like I'm carrying the camera around and like mm -hmm. showing you what I'm doing and then I'm like well that doesn't really help anybody I mean it's that's more it's inter it's more entertaining it's a it's the it's the modern equivalent of a family picture album only more interactive and yeah that and the sort people of thing. that watch that are not always the people that I'm like trying like I guess it's a, do you want to do YouTube for fun? Do you want to do it with a purpose? Like those are, that's kind of where it, what it boils down to for me. And I, I still haven't answered that question. I'd like to do both. That's my problem. I'd like to do both. I want to do both, but I don't have the bandwidth to have an entire like 14 channels. With. <laughs> the, and you know, what's interesting about that is I feel the same way. There are some very large YouTubers they never have posted very much on different channels they own. Like they may post once every couple of months on this niche down channel. So in my mind, I'm like, well, how am I going to put out, you know, X amount of content on all these different channels consistently? And the reality is, is maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it, it doesn't really, matter. Like, I feel too, there is a lot of um, being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. When it comes to it. Like I've got a uh, like I've got a video right now that's doing fairly well. It's a snippet from one of my podcasts, and it's "Should Christians Play Among Us?" Mm -hmm. And it was me and Joshua Verwers talking about Among Us and and about how asking the question of whether you should play it or not because there's lying and deceit involved. Whether that is even something that's coming into our kids' radar, mm -hmm. and for some reason, it has. Uh, probably at least 10 or 15 times the amount of views of any of my other videos. And all I did was take a clip from a podcast about a yep. topic that people are actually thinking about. And so I think, you know, a lot of times it's just like, can I be current? Can I right. be, can I talk about stuff that's really interesting right now? Like I bet if, 
we clip this clubhouse. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I'm like, I should probably clip this and put it as a separate thing. Clubhouse yeah. and you know, hey, we had a conversation about clubhouse. Should we? How can Christians use clubhouse? Like that would be a a pretty big like thing Question. right now. Yeah. Um. So I think it's just about, and it's it's what I said about before about the church being useful, and about the way that like a lot of times we just push our content based on, well, I preached this sermon, so here's my 40-minute sermon right. that I'm going to put on my YouTube channel, and then I wonder why nobody's watching it on YouTube. Well, it's probably because nobody's searching for whatever. <laughs> it's going to come up with a really great topic, but I didn't. No, you know, nobody's searching for the, you know, the meaning of the Tigris and Euphrates River in Genesis. You know, nobody, nobody's looking for that. They, they do want to know other stuff. So I guess it's just about being in the right place at the right time, figuring out the trends, talking about those things. And that's what I think the church needs to do. So that's what do- I'm seeing a lot more guys doing. That. A lot more guys who, who were vlogging are doing a lot more of that right now. Yeah, I mean, that's the Trey Van Camp new style. Um, that's the, what's his name, Ruslan. Like, that's what mm-hmm. what he's doing. So actually, this channel gives me a little bit more opportunity for that sort of style. I could still go vlog on the other channel or do whatever I want to do. Um, yeah, I and, mean, because I don't know how many of us are going to be the, like, Casey Neistat could do both. Oh, yeah. And it would be entertaining and awesome we're not we're not him he's only done a few in the past i don't know six months just a few little vlogs right casey neistat though the thing that i kept being like man how is he doing that that's awesome and i just came back to the conclusion that he just takes a lot of time to do it and sets it up and makes it happen and i even tried it on some of my travel vlogs um over the over thanksgiving but like just having that aerial drone shot where he's like walking from his house to his truck and then driving away. I'm like, for me, that brought a lot of entertainment value. And I was like, this is awesome. So I'm like trying to do that on my trip. I'm like, we're leaving the hotel now, you know, but I've got to pull over and pull the drone down and you know, all this stuff. It's, it takes yeah. so much extra thought <laughs> to do I that. Get stuff. Worried about, I always get worried about taking my eye off of my drone. Oh, I know. Right. You're not While supposed I to do go that. back into the store and walk, you know, that, that would be like, eh. I don't know i'm like how how long are you leaving that thing up there like you look like you look in the shot casey looks like he has no awareness that it's there yeah like that it is yeah. a produced movie that he has that the character has no awareness that it's the there funny, the funny thing is is that he's not always the only one in the shot like there was one that i saw where at the very end he like went on a date with his wife and was they it went the taco to like one and they bought this food and then they came out and and one of the shots was the drone hover shot. And I'm like, so he convinced his wife yeah. that he was going to put the drone up. Then they were going to walk in and they were going to order their tacos. And they were going to come out with their tacos. And they yes. were going to sit in the back of their truck all while that drone was just sitting up there. Yes. Either that or he's got someone who's yes. sitting there doing it. Which he could. But, but it, it would be strange to me. It would be strange if there was another person. Because it always seems like, I don't know, I feel like he would let us in on that little trick at some point, you know? He would introduce us to his his Dan Mace drone pilot or whatever, you know? Yeah, be... I just know that, like, that, I don't think that would really fly <laughs> with my family, where we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to get gas now on a, on a road trip, and I'll put the drone up in the sky. My <laughs> wife would be like, no, we're not. My wife goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I just want to get a quick drone shot. Please just let, I just want to do this. It's going to take me like five minutes. Okay. You know, 
<laughs> She's annoyed with me. She's like, ah, you and your toys. And I'm like, yeah. no, it's going to be great. But I think the reason Casey can convince Candace is because, first of all, he makes tons of money doing this stuff. You know, YouTube, yeah. the ads and everything, it's all paying for everything. So she's like, whatever, do what you got to do. I just want a taco. When you were vlogging, did you have your wife in much of what you were doing? She's not a fan of the camera too much. So I would put her in, but it's always like, I always get the look. You know that look. I'm the same way. You know, I would try to sneak her in like just for a second. And I, I like, I've even said something to her like people, people want to see you. They want to know that you exist. And so I like put her in, but I don't do it very much. And I, I generally would keep the camera on me and the kids because they're okay with it. It's so, it's such a funny thing. I'll probably still do it, but it's going to be trips and family-centered stuff mostly, or behind-the-scenes yeah. type of stuff. Part of my part of my thing with her, at least, is like, well, in 20 years from now, I want to I want to have some video of you. Like, I want to know what you looked like, what you sounded like, what you talked like. So you got to be in something. It's for posterity. That's what That's it right. is. Right. We're the only ones watching the yeah. vlogs, anyway. So. Yeah. Actually, you know what's really interesting is. I've, I've done some tag research, right? I've got the TubeBuddy thing. Some people do the vidIQ. By the way, if you want an affiliate for something, just check the links below. You always got to insert that in there. So the tag stuff is really interesting because we went on a trip to South Lake Tahoe. And so I made a nice thumbnail and whatever. And that vlog, for some reason, has a lot more views than a lot of my other. And I think it was just like people were searching vacation stuff you know and they're checking it out and they're like what what do you do here during covid and things like that and so yeah i don't know you just never know what's gonna hit yeah there, didn't you do another one it was like they opened up some kind of park or something near your house and you did that you kind of vlogged you guys going to that and it became something that had more views than normal when we go to the coast I'll usually do some sort of vlog. You know, there was one where I took the kids down and it wasn't even like a planned thing. I took the kids down to these things called the dinosaur caves and they're right on the coast by Pismo Beach. I had never actually been down there. I've been to Pismo many times, but I never walked down to the caves. I didn't even know how to get there. So I researched. My wife was doing something and so I had the kids for a little bit. So we're like, let's just go down there. So I just took my GoPro. We went down there and that's probably, it's on my top five, I think, of views right now. I don't know what it is. Like people just are searching dinosaur caves, Pismo Beach. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I put all those tags in there, but to do outside maybe. Uh, yeah, I. So whenever we do, whenever I do a, like a vacation vlog, I everything is geared towards the location. Like all my tags and description, everything is trying to gear towards the location because I've in in my experience with those kinds of vlogs, that's what drives the viewership for it yeah. and then i have just random ones that i shot two three years ago that aren't even really proper vlogs they're just random things clipped together like uh, a tour of the oregon state ducks baseball facilities because my brother-in-law was on the coaching staff there so we went and looked at their and so high school students looking at universities looking at you know you know they're all like well what does oregon state look like you know and they're typing it in so they're that one's got a lot of views but there's not really much real content to it no there's story, yeah. there's no i mean it's us playing around my kids are in the batting cages and stuff it's set to some music it was back when i like first was like i want to i want to put things on here to remember it wasn't even yeah. like for other people to watch and and so you know consequently some of some people have given it a thumbs down because it doesn't really have a story to it or whatever. 
I don't care. Things like that are very interesting. And I also, like at the beginning of COVID, I started reviewing some tech stuff, you know, webcam, mic, whatever. And companies started like saying, would you like to review this? <laughs> so I keep doing that. So then I gear everything towards someone searching for that kind of microphone, that kind of whatever. Yeah. And those tend to do all right too. So I don't know. It's it's a super weird beast, YouTube. And I'm hopeful that it, someone someone's looking for this microphone. And then because they watch that, they watch another something. And because they watch that, YouTube recommends something totally different of mine that will have some real content that is spiritual in nature and not just, you know, tech or whatever. That's yeah. that's the hope. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's the that's the hope. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's so, like I said, I think it's just random. For me, there's like a difference between getting views and building an actual community that wants to come back and see the stuff that you, that you want. Yeah. So, like I can, I can make a vlog that might be funny enough or fun enough for people to watch it once. Or like I had a video yeah. a long time ago and I've actually made it private on my channel since then. But it was about we we bought my son a Nintendo Switch. I remember that. I remember that one. And it, and it went like crazy, like crazy for me, right? Like three hundred thousand views or something like that. And I think that's where a majority of my subscribers came from because they thought, oh, this is cool. I like it. I'll subscribe. And you know, when you're like ten or eleven years old on YouTube, you don't real like you subscribe, but you never watch again. And so now I'm up to like a certain amount of subscribers, but none of those people watch my videos. And so I think it's actually hurting me hmm. to have 750 subscribers who didn't subscribe for the content that I'm putting out. They subscribe because they saw that one video and now they don't ever watch anything. And so I think the algorithm is like, eh, none of your subscribers are watching, buddy. So we're not going to feed your stuff to anybody new. Don't so you think, think though, of... don't you think they also know if that's sort of like a abandoned account? Like if they're not watching anything? Well, I think they're still watching stuff. They're just not watching my stuff. Oh, okay. It's like, I'm not sure that my kids necessarily even go to the subscribed tab. I think they just go to their home screen and they find the stuff they want to watch and they watch it. They know what they want to watch. I have things that I, I go to subscribed, but that's just my... Yeah. That's my experience. I, do but I don't think my kids do. I think my kids probably just, hey, this one looks cool and it's on my home feed. And so they push on it and they watch it. And then there's a suggested, oh, Mr. Beast made something. Okay, cool. Yeah. <clears throat> my son, Josiah, my oldest, he's 11, right? He definitely goes to the subscribe feed. And then if there's anybody really? new, if there's anybody new that he wants to watch, he asks me before he watches it. And, uh, and I'll check it out a lot of times. I'll, I'll spot check, you know, like what, what's their content yeah. like? What's their voicing like? Are they, and every once in a while, there's someone that like, they're not saying anything wrong. Uh, I don't really have a problem with them, but the way they communicate and, and their, their tone, I'm like, ah, not this one, buddy. You know, it just doesn't, doesn't yeah. feel right. And he's like, okay. And he moves on. He goes to the next one. He's still in that, yeah. uh, that stage. I know pretty much everything he does at this stage, which is great. I like that stage. That's the way we started out, too. <laughs> but he also will be one of the first people to watch a video that I publish. And then he'll say, first. He'll just go to the comments and say, first. Because <laughs> it's like a competition to him. If I get to be first, 
And like if someone, yeah, my, my daughter does that too. She's, if someone he watches, like, you know, he watches it, you know, near the beginning of their of that YouTube's uh, of that video's lifespan, and he gets to comment like real close to the beginning, he gets so excited. He tells me he's like, they commented back, they liked it, they hearted it. You know, he's like, I'm like, yeah. I know that's that's what they do. That's that's the that's the way I feel whenever I get a a res- reply tweet from people on on Twitter. I'm like, <laughs> I can't believe Craig Van Camp replied to me. Oh, you know you know what's hilarious? I I used to be huge on Twitter, um, in terms of my use. Not that I was giant on Twitter, but um, you know I don't have it on my phone anymore. So I just log in like every couple of weeks, and see what's going on on my computer. And it's basically boiled down to now how to get customer service faster than the telephone call. That's what Twitter is to me now. Like, oh I, yeah, I get the fastest customer service because they don't want you to badmouth them on social media. So I'm like, hey, you know, whatever. This this flight, you know, this this plane company, this is what's going <laughs> yeah. on. I'm stuck here, whatever. And they're like, oh, let me help you. I'm like, thank you. that You saved me like an hour and a half on the phone. Yes, we've learned that too, that, that we can... Uh, so my wife has 40,000 followers on Twitter. And so that's kind of, you know, it's not like ginormous, but it's enough to get the attention of like Delta or, you know, whoever, if there's a problem. And so we just go on and start, you know, you use hashtag fail. You can get a lot of customer service. I'll tell you what, uh, the best one not that, for not me. That I'm trying to like, no, no I, yeah, I understand. Man. I understand. I do have a friend that that does like to utilize that to his full advantage and get free stuff all the time. I uh, I remember we went to Red Robin for dinner as a family, probably a couple of years ago, and uh, and one of my kids ordered the kids mac and cheese. Now you know they're not making the mac and cheese fresh in the back, right? We know this. This is this is coming out of a box or a bag or whatever. It's heated up in a microwave, and they put it on the plate and they bring it out. I know that mentally. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see that process. So the, the server who's new comes out and brings my kid's mac and cheese heated up still in the bag. So the bag is on the plate and it's in the bag. It hasn't even been opened. Like open it yourself oh. situation. And I'm like, huh, looks like you guys forgot to do something here. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, I don't think it's supposed to come out in the bag. So she was like, oh, let me go ask my manager or whatever. So they leave it. So I take a picture. I at them on Twitter and I get a response within an hour with like apologies and uh, they're like give us your email we'd love to send you some gift cards you know kind of thing and I'm like right, okay right. you've redeemed yourself I don't care I know that's where it comes from I just don't really want to see the process yes. of, I, I like I like sausage don't want to see how it's made sort of thing you know what I mean like you well, don't want to see yes like yeah if I'm gonna pay six dollars for a bag of mac and cheese right, I don't want to have to take it out of the bag myself I could pay 68 cents Make it myself, yeah. you know, and 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 it'd be good. But I'm here for an experience, right. and you're funny. kind of ruining it yep. anyway. Yeah, usually they re- they reply back, DM us the location, and blah blah blah. And you're like, right. if I have to follow you, I have to follow you to DM you. I yeah. don't want to follow you. I don't want to DM you. I just I'm just venting. That's normally my. Public Soon thing. after that, I tried it with Burger King because there's one Burger King that we've gone to every once in a while. And they always get it wrong. There's always something wrong at this particular place. So I tried it with them. They didn't care so much. There was no response. So it, <laughs> it just depends on the the company and their their strategy and their social marketing they weren't as people. As good as uh, Red Robin, social Red Robin. media. 
they wanted to keep they wanted to keep that image you know they want to keep that image well man i really appreciate you taking some time hanging out with me today i know as we've talked about you're very busy got a lot of stuff going on you don't have time for a lot of things but you made time for this and that means a lot to me and i hope that it's been helpful for some of the listeners or watchers um it's certainly been good for me i like to hear what's going on and learn from other people and particularly the discussion around clubhouse maybe i will cut that out and make that its own little searchable thing but i'll probably keep it. it on this channel so um <laughs> anyway man thanks so much for hanging out i really appreciate thanks you and what you're doing me. for the kingdom and and we'll we'll keep in contact we'll check in from now now and again all right man see you on clubhouse yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you got as much value out of that as I did. I love speaking to my friends who are in ministry um, because even though he's not a pastor at a church, he is still in ministry. I believe that we're all in ministry if we are followers of Jesus. And so I want to encourage you in that. Even if you're not a paid person in ministry, you have a ministry and it is so important. So thank you for being in that ministry. And uh, if you'd like to reach out to Dennis, I'll put the links below and in the description on the podcast. If you like this, please consider subscribing to YouTube and our, our audio podcast, which can be found on all the major platforms. And also give it a like. Let me know what you liked about this. Let me know any other topics you'd like me to cover, social media platforms, how different ministries are doing different things, because we want to try some things and want to learn from one another. God bless you, and I'll see you in the next one.